I'm Georgie. And I'm Michaela. And we're here to tell you about the University of Aberdeen. In each episode, we will discuss frequently asked questions about topics such as applications, go abroad, student life, sports and societies, budgeting for uni, and life in Aberdeen. We will be speaking to current Aberdeen students, those who really know what it's like to study and live here. And we'll be getting exclusive tips from members of our amazing staff. Join us for this episode of Ask Aberdeen. Hello, welcome to the third episode of the Ask Aberdeen podcast. This week we will discuss how to research universities and courses before applying. So you might have an amazing guidance teacher or a family member who knows exactly where to look at and what to look for, but you might also possibly be the first person going to university in your social circle or you're applying from abroad and don't really know what the UK university scene is like. So either way, we hope that this will give you some ideas um, and more confidence as well when it comes to applying and making your choices. So here today with me is a current student, Drew, and we also have Helena, who is a student recruitment manager. So Helena, do you want to say a couple of things about yourself? Yep. Hi there. Um, So my name is Helena, as Michaela said. Um, I manage the team that looks after the UK student recruitment for the University of Aberdeen. We have a small team, but we're mighty and powerful. I am originally from Canada, but I've lived in uh, the UK now for over 15 years. I have three sons, two of whom are at university and one who is just applying right now. So not only do I live and breathe student recruitment professionally, but it's also a big part of my personal life right now. Great, thank you. And Drew, can you introduce yourself as well, please? Hello, um, my name's Drew McMichael. I'm one of the medical students uh, here at the university um, and I'm also a student ambassador for the uni. Um, So I get the opportunity to speak to lots of applicants um, about uh, why Aberdeen is a a great place to study. And Drew, you're actually right now, you actually have a little part-time gig going uh, with the vaccination centre, isn't that right? That's right, yeah. So I I was offered the opportunity to help with the vaccines out at the P&J Live Centre. Um, so I've been doing one shift a week so far, um, which is, is really great, uh, helping on the front line. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, so you definitely get to um, go out and get about and use your medical degree to jab people. That's exciting. Um, all right. So, um, Drew, let's talk about sort of take you, let's take you back to when you really started looking at universities and when you started thinking about what you might want to go and do at uni um, and where you might want to go. So do you remember around what age or what year you were in when you started sort of looking at things? So I think um, thinking back, I'm back further than I would like to actually admit, um, but I think it was about S3 or 4 at high school that I really started to think, what do I want to do? Um, And originally it was kind of engineering or physics. um, That was my favourite subject at school. Um, but also I wanted to think, where do I want to live um, and and study? Um, so Scotland, there's lots of uh, different universities, so lots of different cities that um, I thought, yeah, I could see myself living in St Andrews, I could see myself staying in Glasgow, or I could see myself living in um, Edinburgh or Aberdeen or Dundee. All these different cities um, looked lovely. Luckily, I had a really great librarian at the time um, who collected university prospectuses, um, so I would sit in the library, you know, in the PSE or your kind of social ed class or your um, personal study time. And I would highlight the courses and the unis that I thought were um, were were of value to me. At the time, you know, I was still a bit uncertain about what I wanted to do. 
um, thought for a long time until I decided in kind of fifth year medicine was what I wanted to apply to. Um, and I narrowed it down to about seven or eight universities uh, all across the UK um, and didn't really decide uh, based on any kind of research or merit um, and just put down five universities at the time that I thought, yeah, I could could see myself studying there, could see myself living there. Um, Aberdeen was one of them, um, as well as Dundee. I think Newcastle was in there um, and Glasgow as well. Um, but I had done no research into the course. Um, I didn't go to any of the open days um, at that point, didn't read anything about the unis at all um, and just applied. And lo and behold, first time um, that I applied, I didn't get in um, based on the fact that my personal statement didn't really target the unis at all, didn't really target medicine that well. Um, was just a statement about why I thought I was a relatively cool person. Um, but reading it back, I think I was not a very cool person at all. Um, so then I took a gap year. I decided, you know what, I'm going to take some time out here. I got a job, worked part time um, and tried again. And, and the second time that I applied to uni, I um, looked at all the courses that did medicine for the places that I thought I wanted to live. Um, so uh, I had about 20 prospectuses that I'd either ordered or printed from, from the internet. Um, and I sat there and, and looked at the courses and kind of thought, how do I learn? So I learn by doing things. I learn by moving around and um, experiencing different things. So that ruled out about half the courses because they were mainly lecture based only. Um, so Aberdeen was very much in there at that point. Um, and then I, I narrowed it down further by out the ones that are left, where do I want to live? Um, and luckily, a lot of the universities have about our city or um, what's nearby sections on their uh, on their websites um, and kind of narrowed it down further. And at that point, I decided, you know, I'm going to go to some open days here. Um, and open days are, are such an amazing way uh, that you can actually experience the uni life. So, for example, um, you know, I went along to one university that in my head, I thought this is going to be the perfect place. This is where I'm going to want to go. Um, the outside of the building was absolutely amazing. You know, it just looked so old and so grand. And actually getting a tour through it, there wasn't much enthusiasm for the uni. Um, there wasn't that much effort put into the open day and it actually put me off going to that uni. Um, so I, the first time that I came to Aberdeen was actually for the open day. Um, and I got this amazing chance uh, to see the university and see the city all in one day. Um, and Aberdeen, uh, one of the reasons that it, became my top choice was actually because at the open day there was so much effort put in to, to recruiting and welcoming these students um, and even people who were quite open about the fact that Aberdeen maybe wasn't their top choice. Um, the university still put a lot of time and effort into saying that's okay but make sure that you pick the right place to study um, and here's what you should think about. Um, so I was just really really impressed um, by, by how open Aberdeen was. Um, and that was kind of in my gap year. And luckily, Aberdeen offered me a place. Um, so I thought, yes, Aberdeen's where I'm going to go. And here I am five years later, still studying. <laughs> Great. Well, 
yeah, we're lucky to have you as well. Um, well, thank you for that overview. So we're now sort of going to drill into the more detailed parts about your experience and what people experience in general. So Helena, Drew said that he started looking around S3 or S4, which is, you know, sort of two years, three years before you would usually apply to university. What is usual? What do do people usually look this early or is it just Drew because he was a very diligent student who started looking early? So I think it does depend um, on the person themselves and what they're looking to do. Some people know uh, right away what they want to study. So I've met um, students who are 12 who know they want to study medicine. And so they're committed to, to pursuing that path. There are others who, uh, even when they get into S5, so about 16, are still trying to figure out what they actually want to study. There's no right answer. There's no one way for anybody. So what I would say to everybody is, though, around the time you're probably about 14-ish, you should start thinking about, if you are thinking about university, you should start thinking about possibilities. Because if there is a specific degree you're interested in doing, it may be that you have to take certain subjects in high school, in secondary school. And so you need to make sure you know what those are. Drew had mentioned the engineering he was looking at at one point. So engineering has very specific subjects that you must study, maths and physics. Uh, medicine has very specific subjects. You must study chemistry, for example. Other degree subjects that you can take at university don't have specific subjects you must take in secondary school. So it's important that you start to think about them. And if you really are in a position where you're not sure what you want to study at university, then keep your um, keep all your pathways open in school. So take as a broad selection of subjects as you can uh, with your curriculum in, in your secondary school as they will allow you, because that gives you the most choice when it comes to applying to university. So I would say start thinking about it around 14 15, 16, start to get a bit more serious and start doing your research at that point. But it, again, varies, depends on the student. Um, and if you are committed to one path or you're really just open to any possibilities, there'll be a different approach. And who would you say was a, um, is a good person to speak to at your school? Drew said he spoke to his, or he had his librarian who was really good. Is there anyone else you would recommend? So most schools will have a, a guidance teacher or a career advisor on staff who are there to support you, help you understand um, possible uh, options for you at university. They should be able to tell you which subjects you must take for certain degrees. Uh, if they don't, then speak to somebody at your school and, and ask them if they could put you in touch with the university. Or um, There are also in Scotland, we're really lucky, there are government organisations that do support students. So Skills Development Scotland and Developing the Young Workforce, DYW. Um, and in England, there are similar organisations that are out there to support students finding, um, finding out more information for pathways after secondary school. So ask any of them. And if there is a particular university that you are interested in, um, then don't hesitate to get in touch with them as well. So we get inquiries from students who are in the early years of their secondary school phase who are starting to think about what they need to plan for and they get in touch with us and that's okay too. Yeah, absolutely. And Drew, I know that your school had um, someone from UCAS actually came and did a little presentation and there were also, some schools also have careers fairs. And you personally actually recently attended uh, one careers fair at a school as a representative of the university. What did you find that experience like? 
So it was very different um, to the careers uh, fair that my school put on. Um, so certainly the careers fair was um, quite a small deal in my school. Um, so they did invite some universities to the school. Um, not many, and they were mainly the Glasgow-based universities. So Strathclyde, Cali and um, Glasgow came along. And I think Napier was there as well. Um, but it certainly wasn't a very representative example. Um, of um, careers that were out there or of the universities that were out there as well. Um, but luckily, um, actually about a year ago, you're, you're absolutely right, I went along to a careers fair in a school here in Aberdeen actually um, and Aberdeen were invited along. Um, I, I'm not sure whether there were other universities there but there was certainly a whole range of companies and voluntary sector organisations as well as different members of the public who did different jobs um, there was lots of stalls in this big hall um, and students were kind of given the chance to go and ask about different careers, different jobs um, and different training pathways. So certainly we were there to represent um, kind of the University of Aberdeen and the, the medical school and the general admissions. Um, but I know the, the School of Science was there as well, um, as well as some um, bigger science companies. Um, there was a local college and they were running talks all through the day by kind of UCAS or, um, you know, people who could guide applications that were aimed at both parents and students. Um, so it was really, really useful. And I think this entire fair was actually set up by a particular student, um, which I think was unusual. Um, but it was a really, really well, well organised kind of day um, that gave lots of people a, a really good insight into different careers and different ways to get to your dream job. Um, so I know it's not kind of common practice in, in every school to to do that sort of thing. Um, but if there is the chance, I would 100% recommend going along. Because even if you're not interested in becoming a scientist, but you're interested in going to the university um, that, say, the scientist went to, then, you know, they would be more than happy, I'm sure, to talk about their experience at university, um, you know, what they thought about applying to um, particular subjects and uh, most people are happy to kind of talk about these things. Um, so I, I found it really useful, even though I had already chosen or I was already four years into my medical degree at that point, you know, and I had already decided, well, four years ago, I had decided I was doing medicine. Um, but I had a great time because I, I went round and spoke to um, different people as well so um, would recommend going along to these things. Yeah we we as universities do try to bring our students along quite often because we obviously know that you know that's what that's what student or pupils want to hear from they want to hear from people who also have the first-hand experience so I hope that also people who are listening can hear that Drew as a current student you know really enjoys sharing the experience so don't be afraid to ever ask us questions or ask the students that are there as well to represent questions because Drew loved it. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's um, one person telling you that, you know, we really do want to hear from you. But there's also another type of fair, which is a big UCAS fair. Um, Helena, would you mind telling us about what sort of thing you should, if your school takes you to a UCAS fair, what would you keep in mind while going around? What is the best approach? Do you just sort of observe or should you as a student come and ask questions what, what do you recommend? Yeah, sure. So um, if you are lucky enough for your school to take you to a UCAS fair, um, that's great. You also can go on your own as a quote unquote private citizen. So don't worry about it. If your school doesn't um, doesn't give you the opportunity to go to a UCAS fair, you can go along on your own. Um, so 
UCAS fairs are uh, run all over the United Kingdom, uh, usually in the larger population areas. And what they are is an opportunity for universities across the UK to be all in one place um, and give you the opportunity to talk to as many universities as possible uh, at one time. Because the career fairs at your school are great, but as Drew said, they don't always um, offer you every opportunity, every university to speak to. So UCAS does try to give you as wide a range as possible. Before the event, you will be sent or you can pick up at the door um, a map of the venue and it'll list all the universities that are there. And it's not only universities that go to UCAS, there are organizations such as the Armed Forces, um, large firms sometimes um, have stands there. We'll talk to you about different opportunities uh, to come and work with them or do apprenticeships. So it is actually not just for universities, but um, further education and higher education and apprenticeships as well. So have a look at the map. Um, maybe think about if you particular universities you know you're interested in, um, circle them on the map, find out where they're located, go and speak to the staff that are there. Um, we love doing UCAS fairs because it gives us a chance to talk about our university and really um, explain to you why we think it's a great place to study. Um, there are also going to be universities there that you have never heard of. And as you walk around the venue, have a look at those universities, have a look at where they're located. Almost all of us will have a map to show where we are. They'll have information that you can pick up, uh, prospectus or uh, leaflets or different um, bits of information. You can even just stop and ask the person and say, hey, where are you? Um, and that's a really good way for you to find out about universities that you might never have heard about and maybe actually the university that could be the right place for you to go to. Um, so you could just stumble across um, the right place for you at a UCAS fair. So it's really important to take the opportunity to see as many, speak to as many staff at the UCAS fair as you can. And like I said, seek out the universities that you've done research on and that you know about but also remain open to finding out more about universities that you might never have heard about. Uh, the United Kingdom has about 190 different higher education institutions. There's a lot of places and a lot of opportunities for you in the UK. So um, take the chance while the UCAS fair is on, under one roof, on one day, to find out um, as much as you can. What if I have absolutely no idea what I want to study? Is there still any point in me going? Absolutely. Absolutely. So at the UCAS fairs, there are always seminars that are running. Um, they're really short, little 15-minute talks about different subject areas. You can go and listen to those, uh, find out a bit more about what it's like to study medicine or education or law or history. Um, go around, as I said, have a look at the different universities. All of us advertise or, or put posters up uh, on our stands that show the different degree courses we teach. Um, there could be something on our list that catches your eye and you think, I didn't know you could study that at university. For example, archaeology, anthropology, film studies. Um, there's so many different things that you can study at university that you will never have heard about um, or you might never have heard about it in school. And this is your opportunity to find out um, what what's out there. Great, thank you. So once I've gathered all of this information, you know, that's when you will start looking at sort of 
shortlisting your top choices. And Drew, you spoke about how you have shortlisted your choices. Can you tell us a little bit more about what sort of things did you look at? Did you look at the city itself, um, the program? Did you look at rankings? You know, what were the most important things for you? Well, I, I suppose for me, the biggest and, and most important thing was this, the type of course and the way that the course was taught. Um, so I, I'm the type of person that really struggles to sit in a lecture um, for even an hour um, and, and kind of just look at a screen or listen to a lecture. Um, I much prefer to, to be doing something, to be um, up and about and moving around lots. And that's just because I've got a really short attention span and can't focus on one thing for too long. Um, so I started looking at courses that used a kind of combination um, of, of teaching styles and that information is really readily available um, on the university's websites and in their kind of paper prospectuses as well. Um, so under each course you'll usually find a short description about how this um, course is delivered, whether it's going to be mainly lecture based, whether it will be um, kind of online for some of it, whether it'll be uh, distance learning, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I started to look at kind of uh, how the, the course was taught. So for medicine in Aberdeen, for example, the first kind of three years are a mixture of tutorials and lectures, um, followed by the, the last two years um, are kind of practical based. And there's the opportunity to do what I've done this year, which was an intercalated degree as well, which really, really appealed to me um, because I don't want to graduate. I love the student life. Um, it's been great. So let's try and push it off for as long as I can. And intercalation in medicine means that you take a year out pretty much, right? And you do something else. So I did pharmacology um, for the year, um, which was honestly amazing. Would recommend to anyone who's vaguely interested in the sciences. Um, pharmacology is a really, really interesting subject. So going into it, I just thought it sounded really cool. And I knew it was vaguely related to anaesthetics. So thought, hey, this sounds fun. Let's do this. Um, in actual fact, it was really, really well taught. Uh, I had a really, really good year. Um, and it also added a year to being a student as well. So I pushed that graduation away for, for another year. Um, so me and my mum actually sat down one evening, I think it was a Friday, and we, we used a big piece of paper and we made a pros and cons list of the top, um, I think maybe seven, seven or eight unis. Um, so we, we tried to write a pro about the city and a pro about the course um, and a con about the city and a con about the course. Um, and then we kind of looked at each of them and decided what's most important to me. So I wanted to live somewhere that was nice, um, you know, and... Uh, easy to access to the countryside was quite important for me so I really like cycling um, and I really like kind of exploring the country um, so that's why Aberdeen was kind of Aberdeen won some points for that um, there was cons so some of my cons were I didn't want to be terribly far away from home so home for me is Glasgow um, and again Aberdeen I think there's a wee bit of a perception that it's away way at the very top of Scotland and you're cut off from the rest of the world um, but in actual fact, it was only really two hours on the train, two and a half hours on the train. So we worked out and compared the unis um, to each other. Um, so pro of Glasgow, for example, it's right next to home. Um, con of Glasgow was it's right next to home. Um, you know, so looking at kind of uh, the unis compared to each other. And we made a kind of ranking list, decided, you know, where do I want to apply um, and strangely, some of the unis that I thought, yes, like I, I could love, you know, I'd love to go there. 
actually ended up at the bottom of the list. Yeah, so you actually mentioned, you know, you made your own little ranking, but we also do have some independent bodies that make rankings on um, a nationwide scale. And Helena, that is something that is so often mentioned, you know, every university will tell you about how amazing we are at this, in this subject and um, in student satisfaction. Is this something that I should actually pay attention to while I look at my options? Yes, I would say yes, they are a helpful resource to look at in addition to everything else that you research about the university and hopefully visit, etc. Rankings take into account all kinds of different factors um, and the universities have to submit all the information so it's all verified. You can't um, not tell the truth, basically. Um, and the student satisfaction ranking is... is uh, acquired from a survey that is done of current students at each of the universities. Um, I would say that the there are rankings for the university as a whole, and then there are rankings for the different subject areas. And it's important to look at both because a university could maybe not have as high a ranking overall, but might be really, really high in, a, in the subject area that you're interested in. So make sure you look for both. There are about three or four major rankings in the United Kingdom. It's worth looking at all of them and comparing because the, the different ranking systems look at different factors and they weigh different factors. Um, they weigh the factors differently in their rankings. So it's important to look at them all as a picture. Um, but so I would say it's, an, it's a good thing to look at as one part of all the research that you are looking into for the university. And people also often talk about, you know, you need to apply to Russell Group or Red Brick Universities. Um, what even are those? And do I really have to go to a Russell Group University to get a good degree? So, uh, well, perhaps I'm biased um, because Aberdeen is not a Russell Group. Russell Group is a group of universities that have chosen to join. It's like a club, basically, I think is the right way to describe it. And they've chosen to join that club. Um, and to be part of a Russell group, of the Russell group, you must have certain things, including a medical school, for example. Um, Aberdeen is eligible, but has not chosen to be part of that club. And there are lots of other universities that don't choose to be part of the club for various reasons. Um, Red Brick universities are those universities that were formed in the United Kingdom um, in Victorian time. So they were built with red bricks, which is why they're called that. So they have a certain... Um, they have a certain age, um, and that gives you an idea of how long they've been around. Um, there are lots of universities in the UK, like Aberdeen, for example, that are very old. So uh, they are not red brick because Aberdeen, for example, is granite, and we've been around for a long, long time. Um, there are other universities as well that you might sometimes call the plate glass universities. So those are the universities that were set up in the 60s and 70s. Um, they were set up initially as polytechnics, for example, and then converted over to universities um, in, in the 80s and 90s. So it's just a way of describing the university and putting them into groups um, that makes it perhaps easily more easily to identify them as a type of university or what you might expect from that university. Um, so you might expect a certain type of experience or uh, buildings and campus at a red brick university versus a plate glass uh, university. Your campus will be a certain type. And Russell Group, um, the universities that belong to the Russell Group are all very good universities. They're all of a certain age, but it's, it's, a, 
it's a way of just designating a type of group. Um, and your question about whether you, you should only apply to one type of university or other, I would say don't, res don't restrict yourself that way. Uh, don't look at the groups and the clubs of universities. Look at the degrees and the courses and what suits you and your needs and your interests. Don't think about what, um, what type of title or um, a, a group that the university belongs to. Think about what suits you and your needs best. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. Um, and Drew, thinking back about what you were saying there um, beforehand about how you spoke to your mum and, you know, you made a list with your mum. Did you speak to any other friends or family who were able to advise you and guide you on, you know, where to apply? Absolutely. Um, so I suppose the most um, helpful person was definitely my mum. Um, and that's just because she obviously knows me quite well, um, knew what I would like uh, and knew what I wouldn't like. Um, but I'm aware that uh, I'm in a fortunate position where my mum has been to university, so she was able to use her experience. Um, but if that hadn't been the case, you know, my guidance teacher was equally as helpful. Um, so we spent uh, probably about an hour um, just in uh, a couple of different different chunks and, and we just spoke about um, what sort of things that I'd quite like to get out of uni. She was able to offer me a wee bit of guidance about where she thought would be good for me as well. We did have a careers advisor in school. Um, unfortunately, like my school's careers, my school career advisor um, wasn't the, the most up to date. Um, so she'd come back out of retirement um, and took a kind of part time gig. Um, but I'm aware that normally the careers advisors are, are really useful people to, to get in touch with. Um, they've usually got the most up-to-date um, advice on where to get support as well for applying to uni. And they can often offer you um, contacts at each university, um, you know, maybe in the recruitment department or in specific schools within the university um, to get in touch with if you have any kind of questions or queries um, that they can answer themselves. Um, also, I had some friends in the year above me um, who came to Aberdeen um, and actually, jokingly, when they applied, they said, oh, you should you should come to Aberdeen. And I thought, OK, OK, well, you know, I'll, I'll keep it on the list. Um, but I had the chance to go up and visit them a couple of times. So I went and stayed in the halls for a couple of nights. Um, you know, we did experience the nightlife once. We went out for dinner a couple of times. Um, and that kind of let me experience the city from from a student perspective. And and it did actually get me thinking, actually, you know, I could see myself living here. Um, this is quite a nice place, nice place to be. Halls were quite nice. Um, so, so yeah, that's that's kind of who I spoke to and, and got everyone's opinions um, together, which was really useful. So you were really lucky that you actually knew someone who had gone to Aberdeen and you could speak to them. But Helena, what if I don't know anyone who goes to Aberdeen? How can I get in touch with current students to ask my questions? So um, we have a programme called Unibuddy. Um, which is all you can find information about it on our website. Um, it's actually a way to chat with any of our current students and actually staff members as well. Um, it's really easy to do. You just um, sign, create a sign up, um, create a login and sign in. Um, you can ask questions. You can pick, um, you can search for a student who is either studying the, the subject area that you're interested in or is from the same country um, or you just like the sound of their profile and you think that's somebody who I may be interested, you know, might might 
um, sounds a bit like me and maybe would feel the same, have the same answers as me. Um, so it's just really easy and you just, you can chat, start a conversation with them. Um, and I would just echo as well what Drew said is that uh, the university teams, the recruiting teams and admissions teams are, are really there to help everybody and make sure, um, I mean, we call what we do information, advice and guidance. And that's exactly what we do. We provide information, we give advice and we provide guidance because we want to make sure that you end up going to the right university for you um, because that way everybody wins. And a lot of us have also actually attended the university that we are still working for. So, you know, we can also offer you first-hand experience um, from that position, which is often very helpful. Um, Drew, you mentioned that you went to an Aberdeen Open Day. How did you, what did you find the most useful about that day? What, what I found the most useful um, was coming up to the university and having kind of a free pass to go through the university um, not access all areas, but access most areas um, and and just wander around campus. So um, to anyone listening, at, at the, the King's, Camp, uh, King's College down, down at our main campus is one of the most beautiful areas in Aberdeen. Um, just by kind of walking through, um, there's a kind of central road, um, there's some lovely kind of coffee shops. Um, but but I was really impressed by by the amount of effort that had gone into um this open day um so there was lots of students and staff all wearing these red t shirts um I think they said something like we're happy to help or something like welcome to Aberdeen um but instead of you having to approach them quite often they would approach you and say how are you enjoying the day um so I found it really useful that they would kind of show you about they would show you um down to the library they would show you down to the sports village um and and they were very honest with you as well so you could say what do you not like studying about Aberdeen um and I think most people seem to say that it is a wee bit colder or um the buildings can be a wee bit grey but other than that most people said you know that's easy to live with um in comparison to easy access to the countryside a very supportive uni um you know all these sorts of things so um, I really enjoyed the open day. Um, the medical school as well were open. Um, so not only did I see the main campus, but I went up to um, Forrester Hill, which is where the medical school was, um, and chatted to people who I was going to meet at my interview or um, people who studied anatomy, people who studied biomedical sciences um, as well. And, and it was just a really good opportunity to kind of get first-hand experience of, of looking around um, I really enjoyed it. Great. Helena, what would you say is a good tip for someone attending an open day? What would you say they should do during an open day? I would say, uh, well, first of all, um, the very first thing is if you can attend an open day, do. Because I think it's really important for you to have a feel of the campus, the university, uh, and find out if you are actually comfortable at that campus, at that university. So uh, every open day will offer you an opportunity to have a campus tour. And so perhaps I would say that might be your number one thing to make sure you do. You'll usually get a campus tour from a student um, who will be able to give you the facts and figures about the campus, but also some of the insights and insider knowledge about maybe where the best coffee shop is or Where's the best place to study quietly or um, 
the halls of residence that perhaps has the best atmosphere, that kind of thing. So those kind of insider tips you'll get from the student ambassadors who are giving the campus tours. And, um, and you're also welcome to ask them questions, like Drew said. Um, and so that kind of um, one-to-one conversation is really, really valuable. My second tip for an open day is to be, if you're truly trying to figure out what to study, is be open to the possibilities at the university. Most open days will uh, promote everything they offer, unless it's a specialist open day like medicine, for example. Um, And it's at those open days where you get the opportunity to, again, find out about degrees that you might be able to study at the university that you have never even heard of before or you don't really know what it's about and that's your chance to find out more about those um those degrees and they could be the one for you it could change your life if you stop and ask that question what's what's celtic and anglo-saxon studies about or um, what do you do with a degree in geology so some of those listening might actually be from aberdeen or aberdeenshire um so they might you know, be quite familiar with the campus and be specifically, you know, have gone to Aberdeen and visited and walked through the campus. So Drew, you are actually from Glasgow, right? So you had a lot of universities right there on your doorstep. Did you attend any open days there? Did you see a point in attending an open day at Glasgow University being from Glasgow? Yeah, so I I did go along to um, Glasgow Uni Open Day. They do have a lovely medical school. I think it was probably built around the same time as ours um, in terms of the building. Um, So I did, I I went along and saw um, the the Glasgow uh, Glasgow Open Day. Um, It was still, it did make my kind of uh, ranking system with my mum. It did did make it onto the board. but again, the, the style of teaching, I'm not sure would have fitted with um, how I learn. So um, so would definitely advise kind of going to these open days, even if you think that you know all about the uni campus, all about the uni itself by, by doing your research online, actually by going along, speaking to staff, speaking to students, um, you know, is the, the best way of figuring out which uni is going to be suited for you. Yeah, and actually next week we're going to be talking to three of our students who come from very different areas of the UK. So some of them are actually from Aberdeen and decided to stay in Aberdeen. Some of them are from elsewhere in Scotland. And we will also have a person from further away um, in England who will talk us through what decisions they had to make, you know, to sort of decide whether they want to stay stay close to their home or move further away. So that is also something that you need to keep in mind. You know, do you want to be just, do you actually want to live at home while you're at university? Of course, that's going to clarify your choices somewhat. Um, Or if you want to expand your search, that will also help you really just, just there's going to be a whole world of universities out there if you're willing to look at universities further away. But Definitely, if you can visit, that will be one factor that will really help you clarify um, your choices. And Drew, um, just one final question for you here. Um, You are from Glasgow and it's about, what, three hours away. Um, Students often think that they will be going home every single weekend and that's why they're like, I don't want to move further than 30 minutes away from home because I will be going back every single weekend and it's going to be a massive trek. So how often did you go home for the weekend? The start of uni was um, was really scary. It was the first time that I'd lived away from home for more than a week. 
um, I was very much of a home bird. Um, and the, the first kind of week at uni, I was thinking, you know, just get to, to Friday um, when I can get on the train and go home and I'll come back on Sunday night and that's what I'm going to do for for the rest of the five years that I'm here if I have to. Um, it was it was really, really scary. And in my head, you know, three hours was so far away um, as well, you know, so I would sit there, I'd read my book or, um, like I said earlier, short attention span. So I'd read my book, I'd play my game, I'd have a game of solitaire as well, um, you know, and then I'd have a 30 minute snooze um, as well, just because I had the time. Um, but pretty quickly, um, it became clear that um, actually three hours is really not that far. Um, and, and uni is very different to um, to school. So worse comes to worst, you know, in my head, I was thinking if I was feeling incredibly homesick one evening um, and even if I uh, you know had lectures or a tutorial, the uni were incredibly understanding about um, students being away from home for the first time. So actually, during our introductory lectures, the uni said, if you're feeling homesick, um, come and speak to staff about it. Come and come and let us know, and we can see what we can do. And whether that means giving extensions to deadlines because you've had to run home suddenly, um, or whether it means just um, joining more societies so that you're a wee bit busier, um, you know, then then we can sort that out for you. And actually, I think I went home for maybe the first first two or three weeks. Um, so I'd even bought one of these like rail card things, you know, for I think it was fifty quid or something. Um, to get my my cheap um, my cheap train tickets home, and actually after the third weekend, I'd I'd really got a good group of friends who I'm still friends with today. We met on the very first day of uni. Um, they're still my closest friends, um, and actually we all started doing things together. So um, I I can't remember. I think we started by going to the beach. Uh, Aberdeen has this lovely lovely beach. Um, I mean you can't miss it to be honest if you walk in any direction towards the sea. You'll find this beautiful beach and we started hanging out so we had movie nights we went and saw the new harry potter film um which had just come out and and all of a sudden it had been two or three weeks since i'd been home um, and my mum was actually messaging me or phoning me and saying hey when when are you coming home you know do you need your washing done i've got a food parcel here ready for you to go um and all this stuff and it, it occurred to me well i've not been home in in two or three weeks. So it becomes really, really um, normal to not go home um, as, as much as, as you thought it would. Um, and three hours was really not that um, not that far. Aberdeen also does have an airport. So I know lots of my friends, from exa for example, from London, um, could actually hop on a flight for a weekend and, and jump back down to London. Um, and if they organised it and planned it, they could get flights quite cheap as well. Um, so they could be home in a couple of hours. Um, so I think there's this kind of big apprehension coming to uni that's maybe away from your hometown. Um, but when you get here, all of a sudden you'll realise that actually there's so many cool things to do and so many weird people that you never thought you would ever get to meet and actually they end up being some of your best friends. Yeah, your experience, I think, mirrors a lot of pupils and now students' experience where they think they might be going home quite frequently, but they find themselves quite busy with societies and sports clubs. And if they get a part-time job, you know, and it's suddenly, you suddenly forget that you haven't been home in a few weeks and, you know, your mom's got your washing and you've got to go home. So, yeah, I think that is um, quite a frequent experience. And of course, you know, this is up to you. You can go home as often as you want, but I would not 
be hung up on trying to find a university that will get you home the fastest because you know you're out there you might be busy <laughs> you might um find a new group of friends that will really form a new home for you i never thought that i would actually say this but um moving away from home was one of the best things that i did um love my family i love going home but uh, but moving out of home for uni was was such an amazing experience yeah, no, that's fantastic. Um, I very much relate to your, you know, you suddenly feel like an adult. So yes, you will definitely um, learn a lot about yourself and get an independent streak in you that you didn't know existed. Helena, is there anything you would like to advise as final parting words? Um, just to say that searching for the right university is a combination of searching for the right degree for whatever you want to study or whatever you career you want to pursue, but also making sure that the university suits you and fits you and the type of person that you are. And Drew's really brought that to life um, today, talking about how he narrowed down his choices. So I, I really want to say that there's no one way to find a university or to find a, a place to study. You have to seek out what suits you, what suits your aspirations, your study interests. Um, and it might not necessarily be the same university that your best friend wants to go to, or it might not be the university that your mom or dad wants you to go to. So you really have to um, make sure that it's a personal decision and that it suits you. Um, and I guess that's my, my biggest top tip, really, when you're thinking about researching university choices. Um, is that make sure it suits you personally. Great, thank you for that advice. So, um, thank you for joining us this week. We had Helena, who provided some great advice from her viewpoint as a manager of the recruitment team. And then we also had Drew, who's actually a current student um, and had a lot of great examples that he was able to share. Join me again next week. Um, I will chat with three students about what led them to decide to either stay close to home for their university experience or move further away and what the transition was like for them. We touched on some of this um, this week, but also next week we will go in depth on all of this. So thank you very much and join us again next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Ask Aberdeen podcast. If you would like to suggest a topic we should cover, please email us at ukteam at abdn.ac.uk. We would love to hear from you. To be alerted about new episodes, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.